Hey, you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble falling asleep? Welcome, you're in the right place. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. And we do it with a bedtime story. Tonight it's trending Twitter Tuesdays. So we're going to take a what's trending on Twitter and make a story out of it. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. Podcast is going to do the rest, and the way it works is we're going to create a safe place where you can set aside any thoughts or worries or concerns and just listen to my voice as I tell a story that's going to go on. And, and you don't really have to pay attention. You can listen, and it should amuse you. Put, put you at ease, maybe, or soothe you, or lull you. And it's just going to distract you is the number one priority here. And all you got to do is listen and relax. And soon the, the stuff's going to be so mundane, I think, and uh, that it'll just start hearing words, and they'll be unconnected to meaning. And that's all intentional, 100% intentional, that when stuff does not make any sense... Or, you know, makes it's confusing or contradictory, that kind of stuff. It, you won't be worrying about it because you'll be asleep. You'll be drifting off into dreamland. That's the goal. This is your first time here. I'm glad you're here. And I honestly hope this podcast helps you fall asleep. Podcast isn't here to sell you any coaching or medicine or vitamins or, oh, yeah, this podcast is going to help you fall asleep. But there's no, there's only one but here. But. The guy's telling it's a little nutty, so you got to deal with you got to deal with me. You know, I'm not bringing in, uh, you know, some Brad Johnson of uh, Sleep Institute of North Carolina. Yeah, hello, this is uh, Brad Johnson here. I'm here to, how you doing, buddy? I'm gonna help you fall asleep. Now I have an all two PhD in sleep, and not that. I mean, there'll be nonsense like that, like me pretending to be Brad Johnson. So I don't know. I'm off track already. Yeah, standard fare. We're on the web, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. Trending Tuesday episodes are at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash Tuesdays. You can get us, you can get a hold of me. I'd love to hear from you, feedback, concerns. You can send it to feedback at sleepwithmepodcast. You can set a comment on the website. You can get me on Twitter at Dearest Scooter or on Facebook at Podcast. You can find us on there somewhere. And all the bloopers from the show, and boy, boy, there's, it's, it should be more called embarrassing moments and trouble pronunciating and swearing at myself and yelling at myself. That's, that's the bloopers. Pretty, I mean, you might find it amusing or you might be embarrassed for me. I don't know. Don't tell me if you're embarrassed for me or pity. No pity. You know, cover up the pity with something else. But that's on Facebook. On Twitter, I also post sleep-related articles. That's that. We got a little self-addressed self-addressed stamped envelope thing. If you send me a self-addressed stamped envelope, I will send you back some outlines from the podcast. You can find out more about that at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash S-A-S-E or on other you know episodes in the last couple of weeks. That's it. If you can take some time... You listen to this podcast, you haven't already, review and rate us on iTunes. That would be a big help. Helps other people find the podcast. If I haven't thanked you, 
because you're not living in the United States of America. The place where I used to get all my international reviews isn't working. So I'm trying to find another way to do that. And I'm on it. And I'll be thanking you soon, you lovely Swedes, Brazilians, Canadians, Australians, Britons, Iron, Irish, 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 um, and whoever else I, I get, Port, Portuguesians, and anybody else. You know, if you can do that, that'd be great. And that's it. Uh, let's get on to trending Twitter Tuesdays here. I'm not even going to segue. Usually I pause it. Uh, I've been having trouble with my phone tonight. It's uh, just about to turn 5 o'clock. I was hoping to time this to, to be in between football and baseball. Like the, the evening in the USA, they have football games here at 10 a.m., 1 p.m. on the West Coast. And then 5. I think the uh, night game starts at 5. There's also a baseball game that starts at 5. And... Uh, those tend to dominate Twitter. But also on top of that, my phone is having trouble. Right now I'm pressing on it and nothing's happening. So I might have to, oh, there it goes. A little delay. That's what happens when you have an iOS 5 on a phone. I, I also jailbroke it because, the, you know, you keep this phone, you pay for it, but then you can't unlock it. I don't, I don't want to get started on the rules of the United States for, but now I'm on Twitter. It's boot. It's booted up. I'm going to click over here on what do I want to discover. Nothing's happening. This is exciting stuff here. I've never had phone trouble like this during a podcast. Okay, boy. The phone. Yeah, I'm gonna pause it. Okay, because this is is really. I mean, it's, all right. I, I ended up getting it. Um, getting it going. Not very well. I mean, we have what we need. Hopefully this this won't be one of those battery drains instantly situations. I, I can deal with it. Don't worry. But I've taken a picture of what's trending. Um, and, yeah, we're going to do our best here. No uh, sponsored posts, but a lot of commercial-related posts or commercially-friendly posts. But that's cool. Uh, oh, that's interesting. We have, the, I think, the usual 10 I can identify almost all of them. I don't know a couple. I don't know why they're uh, they're trending, but it'll be interesting. So here uh, we're uh, going on a trending Twitter Tuesdays here. Thanks for listening. I just wanted to make sure to say thank you to uh, Chris Posty Posterson over at uh, SoundsLikeAnEarful.com who does our music. The Lord and Lady of the podcast will be this weekend at the Poconos Food Festival. So if there's Food Truck Festival, Poconos Food Truck Festival. So there's still time if you live in the New York, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, even Connecticut. Uh, there's probably a couple other states nearby, but those states, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, uh, to head up to the Poconos this weekend and get some great food truck food. Look for the Lord and the Lady. Be sure to say hi to them. They will be selling chicken in a waffle cone, and then you have to figure the rest out. All right, thank you to the Lord and the Lady. Thanks to the Defrenestrator. Thank you to all, the, all our other minions. And, of course, our new listeners. I want to say thank you to Daniel G. Over at Twitter, Kevin F., someone I, who I'm related to. Thanks, Kevin. 
Cody over on Facebook. Cody D sent me an email. And I want to thank Miss Summer One. Miss Miss Summer One. Miss Summer One. And Rob with two B's K for the wonderful, wonderful iTunes reviews. And then the last review from Dan Miller. I'm pretty sure that's a quote from a movie, but I can't figure out what movie it's from. So whoever wrote the review, if you can let me know what it's from, I think I want to say, I don't know. I can hear someone saying it, but especially heaving sobs of gratitude. So whoever wrote that review or if someone sees it and recognizes what movie it's from, let me know. Thank you all very much. I think that's it. And let's keep moving. All right, it's time for trending. Twitter Tuesday's tales, Twitter-based. They were trending on Twitter on Sunday at 5, approximately 5.01 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. Now, welcome to Trending Twitter Tales Theater. On Sunday, this is, uh, so uh, I'm back. I didn't go anywhere, but uh, I'm back at, uh, this is another story, Halloween themed story where I, so this week again I took another trip out to uh, that um, the bed and breakfast I was talking about last week for those of you who weren't here last week who is tough to explain basically I was traveling through the multiverses which is a pretentious way of saying I was in a machine that's like a time machine but it doesn't just move through time it moves into like fantasy fiction places and stuff like that. That probably makes less sense than just saying multiverses. But I happen to find this bed and breakfast way at the other end of one of the one of the universes. And it's a bed and breakfast run by a couple whose names I forgot. <laughs> I wish I wrote that down. Hey, they they don't wear name tags. This old couple. Couple of nut jobs as I joked last episode. But they have a bed and breakfast out at the edge of this, like, transverse plane, I think it was called, was the neighborhood. But somebody was, I think that was like when you just look inside someone's body, that's a transverse plane. But trust me, the sign said, like, transverse plane place or transverse plane circle because it was at the end. And they had this bed and breakfast, whole nine yards, like we said last week, French doors, doilies, breakfast, 186 a night. Or you got to make a deal with them. I made a deal with them. I was out there every night this week. Now, the nice thing about having a machine, I have the Roos Bolton Fiction Fantasy Time Machine. Well, I call it a time machine. It's not. It's a, you know, powered by a ruin of Roos Bolton. Don't ask any. You don't need any details of who that is or what. But, you know, you don't have to go there. Like, let's say, so I, I told the couple I could, they wanted me to pay 186 a night to stay there so I could get access to their customers and tell you guys stories about them. But, you know, I said, I don't, one, I don't have 186 bucks to be spending on a bed and breakfast. Two, this bed and breakfast is where monsters and villains go. Now, mostly, like, monsters, like, that are, like, more not scary, but... Um, amusing monster, like the monsters, but not quite that comedic. Like last week, we had a Dracula fan club member there. I think I don't know. This is, but so I would. I went out there all week. I told bedtime stories to the customers at, in their beds at this bed and breakfast, so they could probably call it a bed 
breakfast, bedtimes, bed, breakfast, bedtime. I don't know. I was brainstorming. Triple B with an S. Bed, breakfast, and bedtime stories. But it wouldn't go in that order. Like, usually it's like, usually the bed and breakfast thing is like, like, the, you know, you're, if you were to get a thing, print out of what, it's like a lot of hand holding. I'm assuming you're going with your, uh, a significant, like someone you're dating or in a relationship with or fighting. There'd be one of those two or both, depending on what's the motivation. But usually, you know, you have, uh, you get there, check in, hopefully, you're stirred up, you know, you get a, a little love session in. Then you go out to dinner or you go for a hike, depending on what time you checked in. You know, hand-holding in a quaint town or spa services or wine tasting or view, what do they call that, sightseeing, uh, hiking I listed, stuff like that. This is a normal bed and breakfast. Then maybe you get, depending on how much you drank at dinner, Maybe another, or if you got something came up at dinner that was uncomfortable, another lovemaking session, bed. Get up the next day, maybe, maybe it depends on your relationship, you know. And then you have breakfast, and then you go back to your dreary life. Or you do it all over again for another freaking day. But so these ones, I was whispering, I would, you know, the whole, this whole, well, you probably listen to the one about Lionel Messi, Lionel Messi, Lionel Messi about me telling him that time story, how well that went. But this went a lot better. It's a confidential agreement, so I can't tell you who I was telling bedtime stories to. George Clooney and his wife were not any of the customers. So uh, that's definitely they were not because they're not um, – they don't travel in that transverse plane that I know about. There's probably like a whole other transverse plane for extremely good-looking famous people. But these were moderately famous villains and monsters. So I was telling them bedtime stories. Well, I learned a lot that I can bring back to the podcast about how to um, soothe villains. And again, these weren't real, like these were TV and movie villains. So it wasn't like I was like, oh, I'm not telling that person a story because I hate them. Uh, and we'd add, one of the rules was I couldn't interact with them other than the stories. But whatever, not important. So I went out there. I told stories. I got some credits. got some breakfasts, spider cider, and um, what do they call them? Uh, creepy cupcakes. One night they had cupcake, uh, cupcake night. So that was cool. But so, okay, so the story is that um, this one I think is really going to interest you guys. So I was out there hanging you know, these rooms, they have like a sitting room where they might have breakfast or some places have wine and cheese. There's usually a bird cage that doesn't have a friggin' bird in it. I don't know who decided on that in the bed and breakfast council. Empty bird cage, might have flowers nearby. But I was sitting in that one room. You know, bed and breakfast furniture looks better than it feels, but this couch, settee, sofa, whatever the hell it was, I was sitting in it, kicking back. Door opens and this this uh, guy comes in. Guy, he was male, humanoid, but um, not a mammal humanoid. He was some sort of uh, swamp fish creature, and uh, said, uh, "What's up, man?" 
And he was down, and I said, where are you from? He said, the Black Lagoon. And I said, wait a second, you're the creature from the Black Lagoon. I thought I recognized you. And he said, you know, yeah, that's me. And I said, what's up? Like, you're here. He said, yeah, we come out here. He goes, you know, this isn't like one of your human bed and breakfast. He's like, I want to go roll out on the, the transverse plane. And, I, you know, I'm here to learn something. And I was like, is this like kind of like your purgatory? And he said, I don't know what you're talking about. And I don't have time for you to explain to me your silly, you know, human belief system. And I said, oh, I said, is that, are you trying to provoke me? Or is, are you just blunt? And he said, I'm just blunt, man. Take it or leave it. And I said, so you, what do, you, do you have lungs and gills? And he said, uh, I do. He said, I have lungs, as a matter of fact, not gills or lungs. And I said, I like the way that sounds, lungs. Rolls off my tongues, lungs. And he actually laughed at that one. And he said, lungs. His was more of like a, because he's got a fish face, froggy fish face thing, lungs. So we were cracking up. And then the lady that runs a bed and breakfast, she brought out some tea. Uh, we tarantula tea, I think we had last night and, um, had an eyeball full of Ned was fake. And he made a joke about that. And then I was, you know, I was like, so what are you, uh, you worried about going out on the transverse plane? He said, oh, I'm not really worried. I'm looking forward to it. And I said, well, you got a lot better attitude than I do for, especially for a creature. I was like, does that, is that, should I just call you creature from the black lagoon? Should I call you like CBL, CFBL, or what? He didn't. He just looked at me. He was, I, I don't think he trusted me yet. And I said, um, "Was there anything you're afraid of out there at the, what, what, the trend? Like, you know, it was the kid? There was a kid here last week. He said it looked like a lot like a like an orange vanilla ice cream swirl. I was like, Are you, do you tolerate lactose well?' And uh, and he didn't respond to that either. And I, but I said, well, is there anything, what are you afraid of? And he said, cowboys. And I said, like, cowboys, like, like cops and robbers cowboys? And he said, what? And I said, I guess, I go, you know, there's a pejorative game kids used to play, similar to cops and robbers, that I called cowboys and something else. But for some reason... I wasn't even trying to be non, trying to be politically correct. That just came out. And he goes, well, what about robbers and cops, jerk? And I said, man, this is not going well. And I said, well, why are you scared of, like, is that the kind of cowboy, like, uh, whatever that guy, John Wayne type cowboy? And he goes, no, 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 football cowboys. I'm like, Tony Romo cowboys? He's like, yeah, I'm afraid of the cowboys. And I was like, like, what? Like, do you have a gambling problem? He's like, no, no, no. He goes, at some point, he's like, there was some, he goes, I don't know, one of your human TV shows or video games. He goes, so every once in a while, I go on this pop culture human bender. And he's like, I got into it, and there was, like, these zombie football teams. And he's like, it was animated or something. And it was the Cowboys and he's like, it just scared me. He's like, I don't know why. He's like, it was, and I was laughing at him, at him, believe me. And he gave me this look. His eyes are very round, almost perfectly round, this creature. And uh, 
I said, was well, I, I guess, well, that's just interesting to me that you're afraid of animated. I'm like, what are you afraid of the ghosts from Pac-Man too? And then he just, I was like, what are you more afraid of though? And they're purple or did you watch that cartoon Pac-Man? And he's just shaking his head. So I couldn't, but again, his face is kind of like, um, one, it's very, all dark colors. So it's hard to pick out an expression and like big scales. So he's hard to read, and his eyes, do they just stay circular? I mean, I think he had lids, but I wasn't paying attention because a lot of times I was, like, looking at his webbed feet, which, talk about afraid. I was, you know, that was creeping me out. And, I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, like, I got to get the story out of this guy. I was, like, hoping his fears would bring up some childhood trauma, and I'd get something out of him about, you know, maybe he sang a song and became famous like last week, but that didn't seem like he was, he wasn't biting at that. And then meanwhile, I'm like, man, I got to get home. I got a lot of work to do. And I still, you know, Walking Dead's premiering. I want to watch that. Man, this guy. And, uh, he, but he could read my face. He's like, oh, you're getting frustrated, huh? And I was like, well, I'm just here. I'm looking for a story about you. And, um, so you're a creature you're from the Black Lagoon. I'm like, man, what's the X factor? I feel like I'm talking about that all the time, but like, what's what's missing here? I'm like, well, have you always been from Black Lagoon? And that was it. I could tell his eyes actually changed shape for a minute, and then I heard a noise in the birdcage, and I looked, and uh, the birdcage was empty. So I don't know if he can throw his voice or what, but I look back. He's like getting up to. I'm like, where are you going, man? He's like, I don't want to talk about it. And I said, what do you mean you don't want to talk about it? He said, come with me. Because now I know what to do. I need to do in the transverse plane. And he takes me with him. We head out to the transverse plane together. Through the French doors. Out through the English-style garden they had there. With um, gothic overtones and undertones. And graves, you know, witty, whole witty gravestone situation these people had. They had a swimming pool. And a uh, nice place. 186 a night, and I'm thinking about it. Uh, it's not. I mean, it's not terrible for uh, for this this thing, especially when I tell you about. This. So you get out on the transverse plane. Now, when we get out there, must have been a different time of day than last week because it was purplish swirls, like purple and gray swirls. Which I was kind of like, what is kind of ice cream is this? Like, like a blackberry raspberry swirl and I was licking the sky nothing happened so I don't know if the kid last week was lying that it was ice cream or not but then we wander it gets all misty and uh, I said where do you think we are and he said this is the depths of the black lagoon and it's just this like I realize we're underwater but it's some sort of not an illusion it's kind of like I was on a, um, some hallucinogens Maybe. I don't know. But it was like everything was happening around me, but not to me, if you know what I'm saying. That's sometimes how I feel like my life. But So it's like then I'm like noticing it's more swampy, but, in, you know, a very unliving swamp. And I was like, so this is the Black Lagoon. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, but this, he goes, it wasn't always this way. And I was like, oh, okay, there we go. Story begun. Or... Uh, now when it's supposed to, it's supposed to usually begin at the beginning, but now it just happens to be beginning, beginning now. And I said, so what happened with this Black Lagoon? 
I was like, how, what, I was like, well, what did it used to be like? It used to be like, is this used to be like one of the most wonderful full places in the, uh, in our world? And I was like, your world? I was like, aren't you from our world? Black Lagoon's in, in Earth, right? And he said, right, but he goes, there's also a, a monster verse. And this, you know, this, you know, I'm just a reflection of your imagination, you know, he goes, I can't explain it to you, man. It's like believing in something. You make it real, but it's already real in another universe where we're just living our lives, and that kind of pulls us into this universe. He goes, but you guys didn't catch up till it was already the Black Lagoon. Do you understand? I said, no. And he said, well, you know, this. I don't think this is multiverse is here to explain it to you, but he goes, just pay attention. I'll tell you the story. He goes, he goes everything started with, a, you know, like everything is a terrible war. And fear ran rampant. He was like, you know, like you guys are running around with Zabola stuff, all afraid. And he should be afraid, but he's like, well, sometimes fear is a distraction. And he goes, so at one point, this was this beautiful lagoon, lagoon, like almost like a lagoon planet. And I said, doesn't Chewbacca live on like a lagoon planet? And he said, who's Chewbacca? And I said, well, man, it's Dagobah. It's got a swamp too. Maybe you're more... It was more like Dagobah or Shav Shai Kashet Kashik, I think is the name of Chewbacca's planet. Because it kind of looked like Dagobah and Endor mixed together, Kashik did. And again, this guy, he's got the stone face, he's just looking at me. And he says to me, you know what it would feel like if I smacked you with this uh, you know, webbed hand? I said, I don't want to find out, man, because you don't want to find out what it would feel like. And he didn't have a comeback because he was still staring at me. But I said, okay, tell me more about Lagoon, uh, Lagoon Plant. What did you call it? Green Lagoon? Pink Lagoon? Blue Lagoon? He said, well, you can't, you can't say that. And I said, uh, we can, can we say Green Lagoon? He said it was just a Lagoon Planet, man. It was just the Lagoon, we called it. And sometimes we called it the Big Goon. If we were off planet looking at it, because he goes, it's so beautiful, green from far away. We called it the Big Goon. And I was like, that reminds me of the Big Kahuna, Big Kahuna Burger. And he goes, no, no, don't, don't try to hijack. It's my story now. And I said, can I call you something? Um, yeah, because uh, then I, I, he's like, I'm, I'm trying to think of something to call you in my head. And I was like, you can call me Scooter. Or scoot, you know, because I know you, like, you seem like you like one-syllable one words, like goon, scoot. I was like, can I call you goon? He said, no. I was like, yeah, that's probably best. I, I was like, I, I don't want to call you like a sleaze stack or whatever, but you remind me. I was like, you're cool, man. Um, I was just Cree. How about Cree? He's like, that's fine, whatever. And he goes, are you going to talk the whole time or am I going to tell you this about my planet? And I said, go for it. But I was like, try and mix in some descriptive terms so I know if it's more like Dagobah or Endor or Kashyyyk or some other real thing. But I'm not very good with – well, there's like Beaver Lake Nature Center. Have you been there? And again, more – so he's like, listen, it was the big goon, okay? It was a beautiful place. And he goes, there's lots of people like me. And we were called the creatures of goon, creatures of the lagoon. And he said, well, you know, we're, we were an intelligent race. 
we're intelligent race creatures, and we, you know, it was our planet. We were kind of the top of the food chain. And he's like, but we we lived in balance and a harmony with the creatures that you got. Like, you go, not like you guys, I guess. He's like, I was a. He goes, the only other uh, big creature on the planet was the seahawk, and he's like, it was kind of like a a dolphin that could fly with wings. So kind of like a manta ray dolphin, but nothing. Because you, you probably wouldn't understand. I was like, so if you, I was like, like a dolphin crossed with a hawk more. And he's like, kind of. And I was like, kind of like hawk. I was like, was a humanoid? And he's like, kind of, but fins. So I was like, like Hawkeye from the, like the old uh, Super Friends. And he said, maybe. And I said, okay, but like a fish too. So like Aquaman and Hawkeye had a baby. And he said, I'm not even sure that guy was called Hawkeye. I'm like, neither am I. But I was like, remember Flash Gordon, there was a guy with wings. So let's imagine him, but with a fish like you. And I was like, but were they, and he's like, they weren't as intelligent as us. He's like, they were, but he's like, they were close. And he's like, we kind of, you know, he's like, they stayed in the deep water. He's like, off of, uh. Off of, um, you know, the lagoon, swamp, you might call it. There's trees at the edge and kind of like uh, with wetlands that, you know, you guys, mostly you guys dig those up. I go, yeah, I guess we do. And he goes out there. He said, there's some deep water. The Seahawks lived out there and they hunted the fish in the deep water and they lived their life. And he's like, we put some in, you know, zoos like you guys had. But he's like, mostly we just like hung out in the swamps, sang songs, lived our lives. And, you know, he's like, we just were one with the sea. He's like, you know, it doesn't really be, he's like, warm, tepid water is great, you know, for swimming. And he's like, we would be, ma- you know, mating. And he's like, we did a lot of mating um, because we we have a strange uh pre pre infant you know pre it's really hard to get pregnant down there so we do it a lot and he's like and then you just hang out in the water and you're happy and then you're splashing and then you eat and then you mate and he's like the great thing is like the swamp was so providing he's like well you know you eat the same things every day mostly you know small insects and and I said you know can I take over the story here because you're not really and he said, no, no, you cannot. And meanwhile, this is all happening in front of me. I'm watching all this. So I could have been describing it the whole time, but he's talking. So the whole time I could be describing to you like a cross, kind of like I tried. But you know, this guy, might, he, might, he might open a podcast. I don't know. I don't know. Because he's freaking terrible. But anyway, back to the thing. So I said, uh, I said, okay, we'll go from there. So you're eating swamp stuff. And he said, uh, bounty, we call it swamp bounty. And I was like, did you eat like the stuff? It's kind of like algae, but it's more together and like you ball it up like seaweed. But it's, he said, of course, he's like this, you know. So they just talking about going on and on about all the different freaking stuff they eat, all of which sounded gross. But I could see for a dude that looks like that, one, I could see green makes sense or his color, um, but whatever, it sounded pretty good with all the mating. He was telling me, he went into a lot of detail about that, which you guys do not want to know about um, because it's very similar. There, That aspect there on near mammalian. And this guy was like a dude when it comes to that talk. So I don't want to, you know, 
throw you guys off because, oh boy. I mean, some of the stuff I was like, and believe me, I was watching it unfold. So I don't know next time I see a naked woman if she might be like covered in scales in my mind. That'll be interesting. Uh, but Or maybe it'll be a new thing for me. I don't know if that a fetish. Can you develop fetishes as an adult for scaly women? It would be cosplay, but different. I hope not. But, you know, the images are burned in my mind. And plus he was good at telling the story without sounding tell- without sound like a sleazeball because this sounded very, like, part of their thing, not like like he's just a dude trying to scam on these swamp women. But who knows? They might have a different story. I didn't meet any of them. But so he says, uh, everything's fine. Everything's going good. And he's going to say, the one day we're all in the the swamp, swimming around, mating, the usual. And uh, he's like, this terrible sound streaks across the sky. And he's like, this thing, silver thing travels across the sky. Boom, impacts right at the edge of the wetlands. Explodes. And he's like, terrible noise. We all, you know, everyone was terrified and wondering what happened. He's like, me and a bunch of the dudes go. And we go out there to see what's going on. And he's like, I see smoke rising in the distance, and I see something crash. Because meanwhile, we don't, we didn't have like technology like that. He's like, the only time we would be off planet is like, there would be these uh, giant gas pockets that the planet would off gas. And he's like, because it would shoot us out in space. He's like, because, but because of the way we we're whatever, maybe natural selection. Maybe you guys are right about that. He's like, we could go up into the way upper atmosphere of our planet, even out into the vacuum of space nearly. He's like, I could seal everything off. So you could be like out and and then he's like, our planet had a different gravitational pull or something. And he's like, or maybe it was like the slime stuck on us. And he's like, then you'd shoot back down the planet. So he's like, that's the only time we were off the planet was like by off gassing, they called it. So he's like, but we were like, where did this came from? Must came from outside of the planet. You know, what the hell is this thing? You know, swamp in the present moment is our gods. He's like, the swamp provides the bounty. We thank the swamp for the bounty. We respect it. And we mate. And, you know, our all, everything we do and our passing away and everything feeds the swamp. So... He's like, that's our, like, living life in the moment is our way of praying and respecting the bounty of the swamp is our way of, you know, he's like, we didn't have any gods or outside of the planet ideas. And he's like, so, he's like, this was weird. And he's like, then it, um, some of the Seahawks that came and he's like, we're looking at this thing. And he's like, he goes, uh, he goes, now I'm telling you. You know, I can read English. He goes, it's like this. He goes, uh, now I know it was a spaceship. And he's like, it was this transport ship. It said uh, Pete's Planetary Pineapple Pizza Express. He's like, it was some friggin' planetary pizza delivery vehicle. He goes, a big one. And it was full of pizzas. And he was like, and this thing was like, well, like a, it wasn't just a delivery truck. It was like a pizza it's like this Pete guy, he was a genius. He had the whole, this was like a pizza production vessel from inception to cooking to delivery. This spaceship that was going to design to do it all. And I was like, are you telling me this is some sort of pineapple pizza gate that's about to unfold? 
And he's like, it, it is, unfortunately, these pizzas. He's like, at first we were like just looking at it and had this Pete, this human, eating a giant slice of pizza with luscious pineapple and ham and multiple cheeses. And he's like, it looked great. He goes, now I know it was, uh, I should have been worried, but I wasn't. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, the Seahawks came. And then he's like, we all started investigating the ship together because we were, we were worried. And he's like, then we first found the, the ship was still functioning and it was run by robots and uh, they were just still producing pizzas. And he's like, so they just handed us pizzas. He's like, it must have been the swamp water, the humidity. They were just in full-on delivery mode. So they said, here's your pizza, sir. Anytime they saw somebody. And we started eating these pizzas, and we never had pizza. And it was unbelievable. And the Seahawks thought the same thing. So then but right away, there was a, a, skir- a couple skirmishes over the pizza uh, initially a couple, you know, just fighting and then people getting killed. And then we had a, like a, the pizza gate, like you're saying, we had a big conference and we decided like every other day we would go and get the pizzas. One, like, you know, one day, red moon days, which is every other day we, we would get the pizzas as creatures and blue moon days, which were the other days. And don't ask me how to explain that stuff. The uh, Seahawks would get the pizzas. Now, we didn't, we were simple folks. We thought this was similar to the swamp or the sea, and that it would just, you know, there was right balance and that it was just producing pizzas. We didn't understand the scarcity concepts. That was one problem. Second problem was our bodies weren't used to processing this food, which turns out is poisonous. So slowly people were getting sick, but also we were making the swamp sick. We were mating less, which we didn't realize also like changed. Like when we mated, we burned a lot of energy. The um, stuff produced while we were mating fed certain things in the swamp. We had no idea. Meanwhile, you know, we weren't as interested in mating anymore because they also had like soda in there. You know, give us like a two liter with every pizza. And uh, so that, he goes, that, w- w- but we didn't notice anything because we were so, we loved the pizza so much and and we just liked eating it and we mostly lived our lives. We didn't really notice the changes because they were happening so slowly. But he's like, then one day, he goes, this main guy that would get the pizza, his name was Dal. And I said, Dal, like D-A-L? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, he has a name. Why don't you, don't you have a name? Can't you tell me your name? He goes, so Dal... D-A-L, he goes and gets, he, he goes and gets pizza, the pizzas, right? And usually he would, he would go three times. He goes in the morning, he never comes back. We're sitting around waiting for him. Ends up, he gets there, and they're like, oh, sorry, no pizzas, your pizza's not ready, sir. It's going to be a little while. It took him the whole, he never came back during the middle of the day. He didn't come back day, at night, so we sent out a party looking for him, and we get there, and he said, hey, I'm just waiting for the pizzas. And the robot comes out. He's like, don't worry, sirs, but pizza, your pizza will be ready in a little bit. And we're like, what? So he waits the whole night. One of the Seahawk dudes, a sea guy, shows up in the morning. And he's like, what are you doing? And Dale's like, I'm waiting for my pizzas. So that's like Dale versus the sea, the sea guy. And they're fighting because he's like, you can't wait for the pizzas. And he's like, yes, I can. And then the Seahawks got their pizza that day. 
because they kicked Dale out because technically they were right. And a whole nother war erupts. And that time there was like loss of life, like too much loss of life, unfortunately. It wasn't pretty. And then uh, we, were, we were like, we were killing it. We was like, we're going to wipe all, all of each other out. Like this was like one war because he's like the Seahawks, you know, they got those beaks. And he's like, despite all these scales, you know, he's like, it, it kind of, uh, you know, hurts when you get bit by a beak and it gets infected if you're in the swamp all the time. And he's like, we had plenty of ways to, you know, you like I said, you don't get smacked with a uh, fish hand. So he's like, it was a, it was like one of those battles, war that was never going to end. So at least we had the wiseness to say, hey, listen, guys, let's just not go to the ship for like ten days, ten moons, and then we'll go together and we'll split whatever comes out, and we'll eat it all together, because there was less people. We, we lost a lot of people in the in this war, and uh, so we all greeted it. And plus, it had been a while because we hadn't we'd been fighting and avoiding damaging the ship, but like making sure to keep the other people away from it. And so we wait, and then so I'm like, I'm like, you guys all sat down and ate pizza together. He goes, I'm getting to it. And I was like, well, is this like our Thanksgiving where you all sat down and had a feast together? And it was this pure habit. And he goes, why do you keep interrupting me? I'm like, you don't even. I said, okay, let him have it. Let the swamp. He's a swamp creature. He might slap you. And now I'm worried that swamp creature slaps might be terminal, at least to Seahawks. So he tells me, yeah, they sit down. They all eat this pizza, all of them. They, and there was like. Plenty of pizza built up, and whatever Pete, this guy Pete, he must have had some way to flash freeze it or nuclear something or other beyond nuclear gamma rays. I don't even know, or like some sort of mega rays, transverse rays. I don't know, but the pizza would come out unbelievable, this guy said. So they're eating pizza, eating pizza. He said, We ate pizza for like three or four days. So we we eat all these pizzas and it's like and then no one can move. And meanwhile, we we didn't realize another thing we didn't realize is that these droids and this guy Pete again, uh, if there was any survivors, uh, I hate to spoil the story for you on the planet. He's like this. He would have become our god because these droids are also repairing the ship, and it must have taken years, I guess, whatever was wrong with the ship for crashing. So they're rebuilding the ship. And they were restocking the whatever the base ingredients, but of course there wasn't enough stuff to make pizza. So they had finally gone through everything. We had gorged ourselves on pizza. People were dying from pizza overdose or overeating. He's like, well, I finally look around and I realize like our plan is brown and black and dying. And, uh, and then the the creature, one of the robots, says, uh, "Sorry, sorry, sir. I hope you're satisfied. Like, uh, we're out of ingredients, and uh, we're gonna have to return to uh, whatever. I don't even know Pete, Pete Central or whatever the hell Pete, not Pizza Planet. That's too obvious. But Pete Center Planetary Pizza Parlor Supply Store or whatever. And he's like, I, I look around, and he's like, people are like, they're still fighting over like." crumbs and and I realize my plan is gone I see like stuff falling out of the sky and I just he goes I, somehow I, I survived he's like I think it was a punishment for something 
Uh, I don't know. Actually, I do know. I was hiding pineapples, and I ate them for a while. But they, had, he goes, they had actually returned to the swamp. But he's like, the swamp died because our whole turn planet was turning black, and I knew I was gonna die. And I crawled in this ship, and I said to the robot, like, "Why'd you do this to us?" And it said, uh, "You know, actually, sir, we, you know, we have mal. This we didn't realize that our plane had malfunctioned, and we won't be charging you." For uh, the pizzas you ate, even though you ate about uh, uh, $1.4 million worth of credits of pizza, we will be uh, extracting the final amounts of resources from your planet. We've been extracting them for the time, and we feel we've recovered the uh, initial cost of the pizza. So I think that speeded up the death of the planet as well, is that they're elementally stripping our planet to repair their craft. And I tried shaking the robots and slapping them, but they're very well made. And I fell to my knees and I said, why, why pizza, why pizza? And then I saw this pizza menu. I realized that that was only like one kind of pizza. It was their specialty that they're famous for. And I said, uh, they said, well, why not pizza, man? Or whatever. I don't know the robots, but I was crushed. I fell asleep weeping on the floor of the ship. And the next thing I know, the ship's moving and I look out the window, I see my planet, barely can make it out in space because it's gone. The planet lagoon has turned into the black lagoon. And I say, where the hell are we going? And they say, we got to go, we got to go get uh, supplies. And we're going to stop off at the supply depot. And then we're making a run from St. Louis to Nash. And I said, what is that? And they said, don't worry about it. And they said, you're, you know, you're still away. You'll be terminated when we get to St. Louis. And I said, well, wh wh why? And they said, well, this is a, and I said, can't I work here? And they said, no, this is a droid-only situation. And I was so sad that I was weeping again. But I, when they got to the, the, um, the supply depot, the Pete, the man Pete, he was a human being like yourself. He happened to be inspecting the supply depot, and he said, oh, this is that crafty ship that's been missing for so long. He goes, we've been videotaping that planet. I was like, it was a lagoon planet, and uh, went from a green lagoon to a black lagoon. And they were, I think they were filming a documentary about uh, pizza life. And uh, he was there with his wife and uh, some, some other, like, hangers-on, I guess, and he was laughing, and then the management droid came off the ship, and it said, "Oh, sir." Uh, so he's like, "Well, you've been you've been in the Black Lagoon for a while." And he was like, "Well, it was funny, sir. We restocked on selenium and and RG five, and uh, we we're able to. So we just needed the, uh, you know, the mozzarella, uh, mozzarella, whatever you call them, freaking globules or whatever the hell they make the fake mozzarella for this pizza out of, and some pork." And Pete said, uh, ha, ha, you know, and they said, oh, sure, we also have a stowaway that we're going to terminate on uh, St. Louis. We'll alert the authorities. They said, a stowaway, really, from, from, like, you have someone on the ship. And the robot says, yeah. And uh, he says, well, what, what is it? And it says, some sort of creature, sir. And he said, Pete says, ah, oh, it's a creature from the Black Lagoon. And uh, what can you tell me about this creature? It's what, it's, it's what you'd call weeping, sir, a creature from the Black Lagoon is weeping. And so uh, Pete says, you know, get some guns just in case. 
And his wife said, he says, you want to see a creature from the Black Lagoon, honey? She says, sure, dear. So they come on the ship, and I go from weeping to seeing this woman with Pete. And my mind, all I could think about was she was more beautiful than any swamp woman I'd ever seen. I could smell her hair from far away, smell like, like smells I'd never smelled before on in the swamp or on pizza. Like what I would later learn was almonds and honey and wonder. And I ran to his wife and I took her in my arms and I ran through the supply ship and I mated with her on a mound of uh, flower, elemental flower particles and then uh, I, I barred us in there, and then they had to call in some space marines and to try to save me or take me. And I mated with her, and she fell in love with me with some, they said, some Munchausen syn- Stockholm syndrome or something. And then um, somehow the echoes of the story got back to your universe, and it was a more simplistic version, like a lagoon a black lagoon, and I was a creature. But that's like basically what the story that you know is based on. And you don't have the whole story about the planet stuff. And I was like, wait, so you're telling me that you're a victim, like interplanetary destruction by pizza. He said, well, it's not really interplanetary. He said, well, I guess it is interplanetary. Yeah, I guess so. And I I was like, so that was what they are calling it. That's what... That's just, you're the creature from the Black Lagoon. And he said, yeah. And I said, have you ever heard that song, Creature from the Black Lagoon? And he was like, no. And I was like, I really like it. So I, I was like, I can play for you at some point. And he said, I'd like that. And I uh, said, but we better be getting back to the bed and breakfast. Because, uh, you know, he's like, I got to take you back. And then maybe that's what I was here to learn is that... Uh, he goes, I, I need to mate with somebody, I guess. Maybe that's why I shouldn't have come to this bed and breakfast alone. And I said, well, I'm not, you know, mateable material with a swamp creature. He said, no, you're definitely, he goes, you're not mateable even with a lady swamp creature or a uh, wife of a pizza baron or a pizza baron himself. And I said, thanks a lot. He said, swamp creatures, we have, you know, sense of humor too, just because just we have perfectly round eyes and unexpressive faces and, Strange gills and, you know, flaps and stuff. You know, we're not monsters. I said, well, actually, you are. Like, in this universe, you are. Otherwise, you wouldn't have been allowed to come to this bed and breakfast. He goes, well, we're a creature, monster. Yeah, what's one or the other? And I said, the other thing is, like, you stole his wife. That's definitely monster behavior. And you gluttonized a planet and you survived and I don't buy... Like you were hoarding pineapple, that's another sign of potential, you know, villainhood. So, yeah. And he said, well, I'm glad we shared this story. He goes, I, I could teach you how to lick the, uh, you know, transverse on the way out. He goes, then I'm going to go, you know, try to find, you know, I think there was a couple farmhouses on the way out of here. I'm going to try to see if I can get a farmer's daughter and carry her off into a swamp. I say, you, you, you creatures will never learn. Else, uh, uh, you silly goose. And I said, well, it's been a pleasure, Cree. And he said, it's been a pleasure. Whatever your name was, I don't care. 
And I said, well, let's go back. I'll play. I was like, I don't know if my phone is service out here, but I'm going to try to sing you the song maybe. And he said, no, nah, that's all right. I just, he goes, I'm going to go, you know, go to sleep and then eat breakfast and then go, you know, wreak some havoc. And I said, well, have a great Halloween. He said, what's a Halloween? And I said, so it's time we celebrate people like you. That's why I came to interview you. And it's good to know that uh, this trans transversal experiences are metaphorical and uh, a way that's beyond my understanding. And he said, well, yeah, it's not surprising. I said, yeah, but it's cool. Like, so somehow the echoes of you, your plan, he goes, we already talked about that. And I said, yeah, but it's a boring podcast. And I was, he said, well, you're a boring guy. I said, thanks, man. It's great meeting you. And I said, I enjoy your uh, farmer's daughter. If there's, she has a sister, and he said, no, no, I'll take them both. And I said, what do you they, I was like, they always, like, because, uh, yeah, I'm really nice, actually. No, I don't like, cause, you know, usually I'm rescuing them from some patriarchy situation where their father is a dirtbag anyway. So, and he's like, there's a lot of good stuff about the swamp. I said, well, let's leave it at that. So that's the words of wisdom for you guys. There's a lot of good stuff about the swamp or the lagoon, whatever the hell the difference is. He couldn't tell me. And But it's interesting to know that uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon is was, was originally a creature just from a lagoon, which makes sense, I guess. And the song, Creature from a Black Lagoon, I think it's by a band... Not a famous band. One of the band members might have been famous. So I'll put that on the playlist. But I hope I hope you enjoyed the story and fell asleep. Good night.